Welcome in, listeners. This is the Wag Me Fantasy Football Podcast. We have a new guest today, Ryan Larson. Say hi to everybody. How's it going, everybody? Yeah, Ryan and I are going to open up a joint newsletter. It's called Winning with Wag Me. I highly advise you to subscribe. It is free. Just visit our website at www.wagmefantasy.com. Give us your email and you're all signed up. Nick, what are we doing today? All right, today we are going to be conducting our second mock draft of the year, um, 12-team full PPR snake draft. Um, I'm going to be taking the one spot, Colin at the four, and then Ryan at the 12, kind of give us an idea of how to draft it, kind of the middle, the beginning, and the end of the draft. And I think we're ready to get it started. Are we ready? All right, we're starting the clock then. All right. I am on the board. I don't think that there's anyone I would rather take here than Jonathan Taylor. I think that's a pretty much a gimme pick. Nick, turn your uh, sound effects off. Hmm. All right, so I'm at the 104, and I think this is like the most uncomfortable position to draft out of, but I got who I really want to fall in my lap here. Uh, Henry and Dalvin Cook are both off the board. They're two guys that I don't really want any part of this year just because they have really high risks to them. Um, in my first round, I really want a surefire stud. And having a pick in the top half of the draft, I can get an elite running back, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm taking Austin Eckler. I really believe in him. He had 20 touchdowns last year. He's due to regress, but even after projecting him at 15 touchdowns, he, he's still immensely valuable. I'd consider him taking him over Jonathan Taylor, honestly. But those are my two favorite guys. Yeah. Ryan, cool you're on as well. Uh, so there has been quite the run of wide receiver go. Uh, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and Devontae Adams all went right before me. I was really hoping I could get at least one of those guys to fall the end. But at this point, with what's left. I think what I'm going to do is try to even myself out, get at least one running back, one wide receiver, especially since I'm at the turn. And if I, if I wait too long, take two running backs, my first wide receiver is not going to be great. So I'm going to go ahead and take Mixon. Mixon is someone who I think has top five potential this year. And that offense is only going to get better with the offensive line improvements. And then at wide receiver, you got the handful of, I could go Hill, Lamb, Mm. Oh, you're skipping over the best name, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think uh I think Diggs is definitely the pick here. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with Stefan Diggs, round it out with Joe Mixon, Stefan Diggs, and then once it comes back to me, I'll have my uh pick of the litter to try and boost up those two positions. I think that's like the best duo you can get at the 112 turn. Yeah. Not only do you have two studs in Joe Mixon and Stephon Diggs, but their floors are so high. They're really safe picks. Like you don't have to worry about either of them really performing outside of that RB1 and wide receiver one tier. I think they're they're as safe as can be. So I'm on the board. Josh Allen went in incredibly early directly after Stephon Diggs. Uh, we're seeing Swift, Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara all come off the board. Debo went directly before me. I'm up the best... My guy's on the board. Yeah, I think I'm going to go your guy. So CD's a top wide receiver on the board. AJ Brown's there. Uh, Running backs, there's a string of talented guys with Saquon, Javante Williams, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette. But I really like CD's value. This is a 2.9 pick. And CD's as solid of a wide receiver one this year as I think you can get. 
I'll I'll take him gladly here. Yeah, I think his upside's just insane this year without Amari Cooper. I love him. I'd love him as my wide receiver. One. I think he has a top eight floor, and he's and when you're talking about range of outcomes, he's one of the few receivers who have that has that potential to finish as a number one. I agree. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm looking at the board. I have Jonathan Taylor, Javante Williams, and AJ Brown went after you pick CD. I'm going. I get two picks in a row here. I'm going to shore up the running back position. I'm going to get my wide receiver one as well. Um, When I look at it, I think Keenan Allen is a great player, but he's getting older. His efficiency metrics have gone down in the last three years, four years. Um, And I think Mike Evans without Chris Godwin for the at least, I'd say around six games, I think is a safe bet. Um, Mike Evans is going to be a top five receiver in those six games. Um, I think, I mean, also he's a guy that's had a thousand yards. He's never had below a thousand yards. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Mike Evans is a great wide receiver one for this squad. Um, so now I'm going to shore up the running back position. I know everybody's scared of Saquon Barkley, but honestly, I think this could be his breakout year. Well, breakout year, uh, breakout second time year. around. Yeah. yeah, comeback year. Um, yeah, improved offensive line. I think that he's really he's, – he's shown encouraging things on social media, saying that he's got his swagger back. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's a great pick. We've been talking about, like – taking a shot at Saquon as your RB2 if you have a stud like Jonathan Taylor or Eckler just because you know Saquon uh, he's been working with receivers more in OTAs he has that receiving upside and he's one of the best players pure player uh, playmaking abilities so I think him at the RB2 spot is a phenomenal value I'm around yeah I'm up Kyle Pitts and Patrick Mahomes went in between Nick and I, and this is playing out beautifully. I got Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Zeke all on the board. So I can really pick whoever I want as my RB two. I love Aaron Jones. I took him last year. He disappointed me slightly with this performance, but I think his receiving upside provides such a safe floor. He's still a top 12 running back. Yeah. Jones is Jones was the auto pick for me there. Uh, I love him there. I, I would even consider taking him over Barkley, but it, it, there's there's no wrong choice in that, in those two. Yeah, I think Aaron Jones might be a little more safe, but Barkley's upside is just, it's RB1 upside. Exactly. And in a PPR, Jones just potentially getting a lot of more, uh, even more targets with Devontae Adams going usually. Yeah, uh, yeah. Vacated wide receiver targets go to that running back position more often than not. It's just... It, they're both fantastic. Now I got to make a choice here. I had, there was, you know, quite the run of running back in this round, which I kind of figured was going to happen. Akers, Gibson, Leonard Fournette, all going before I had the chance to get them. But there is one running back that I have ranked inside my top 10 personally this year that's still on the board, and that's James Conner. And he's going to be my third round pick for sure. Ryan, we disagree on a lot here. James <laughs> Connor's a steal. I would take him over half the names I just won. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. He would have been my pick over everyone in this round other than probably Aaron Jones, and I would consider Barkley. And it's just because of the upside that Connor presents. There's no one else on that roster that's going to challenge him for touches, receiving work. They just don't have it. And they're going to need him to step up, especially early on without DeAndre Hopkins. So he's my auto pick for the third round. And then I have a choice. I either keep going running back here with someone like maybe David Montgomery, who I really like. I love J.K. Dobbins. ETN in a PPR is great. 
wide receiver Higgins, Deontay Johnson, someone I've always been a fan of. We got DK Metcalf, who I'm staying clear of until a little bit later than this. Absolutely. I'm going to double up on running back here and I'm going to go and maybe reach a little bit, but I'm at the 12 pick. So I know he's not making it back and I'm going to take ETN since this is a full PPR. That's my guy. Trio. Great trio with Mixon, Connor and ETN. I am set at running back now. Yeah. So I got a question for you, Ryan. Are you concerned with Daryl Williams coming in? Not the receiving work because we saw James Connor forfeit that towards Chase Edmonds. But Daryl Williams was one of only five players to get 10-plus goal line touches. Do you think he caves into that touchdown figure? You know, it, it, it's crossed my mind ever since it happened. But because of how efficient Connor was, I think he had 15 touchdowns out of his 42 touches that he had inside the red zone last season. That was one of the highest in the entire league. I don't think they're going to take that aspect of Connor's game away because I know how good he is when he's down close. He's one of the best. He's one of the best in the red zone. I don't see why they would opt otherwise. So I'm at the four nine. This is going to be my fourth pick. I have Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, my strong running back duo, CD lamb. Who's a wide receiver. One. I really like, um, I could use either a running back or a wide receiver in this position, considering I pick again in seven picks. So I'm looking at wide receivers on the board, Deontay, DK, Terry McLaurin, three guys that I'm not too high on. I mean, Deontay higher than the other two. Um, DJ Moore's there, Mari Cooper's there. I just feel like one of those guys is going to fall back to me in seven, eight picks. So I'm going to grab a third running back here. J.K. Dobbins is somebody who has got a really high ceiling um, there's speculation that he's going to be very active in the passing game. Greg Roman's been vocal about that because they've underutilized their running back position in the passing game. I think he's, if he makes a full recovery, he's going to be a top 20 back easily. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you passed up on my guy. Yeah, um, your guy, I would rather have JK over your guy. You can take your guy. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking about it. I'm looking at wide receiver right now, so I'm going to end the fourth round at the 412. There's no receivers that really catch my eye here. Um, if Amari Cooper has Deshaun Watson throwing in balls, then I think that's an easy pick. It's a gimme. I don't know how we should approach this. Should I approach it as, as Deshaun Watson suspended for 10 games, or do I approach it as uh, he's playing the entire season? I'd, I'd um, say he's going to be suspended six. Maybe the whole year, though. I've been hearing speculation. Yeah, you but... don't. I just don't know. So I, I, I it's your not... choice. You got you got the world in your hand right now. You decide Deshaun Watson's fate. Well, if Deshaun Watson plays, it's a, even if he's suspended for four games, I think it's an easy pick, and I'm taking Amari Cooper here. Um, I think that he's a clear number one on the team. I'm not too worried about David Bell or Donovan Peoples Jones. David Bell's um, my guy. Don't forget. Yeah, but one B or just two. I don't see him taking over the number one role. And then it comes back around to me to start the fifth round. Um, I know that Dalton Schultz isn't going to make it back to me. So I'm considering taking him now, but I really like what Elijah Mitchell has to offer. He's one of my favorite picks this year in a late round. And I think that he can put up RB top 12 numbers. And I think I'm going to take that. And I'm going to take the potential to have three RB ones on my team. I love that pick. Elijah Mitchell is one of my absolute favorites, and yeah. he was in contention. I was kind of hoping maybe fifth round because I've seen him go late fifth. Maybe he'd fall back. 
but I, I figured you guys wouldn't let that happen. He's just it, so it, it, the metrics that he had last season in the 11 games that he started mm-hmm. are incredible. And I don't think any other back on that team is going to have a shot at taking the role from him. He's going to be fantastic this year. Yeah, I completely agree. 17 plus carries in nine games. Yes. So good. So I'm up. I have three surefire running backs, Eckler, Aaron Jones, J.K. Dobbins. That's a strong trio, assuming all of them are healthy heading into the year. So I feel like I don't need to do really any more with running back for a while. Plus, there's not really any good value on the board. I mean, I'd have to reach for CEH here. Um, So I'm in dire need of a wide receiver, too. I got Jerry Judy, Michael Pittman, and Chris Godwin, and Cortland Sutton. I'll throw his name in. Now, I just did the Denver Broncos projections. You should check them out at our website and subscribe to our newsletter if you want to receive it. Um, I do have Cortland Sutton outscoring Judy by 25 points on the year. I think he's a wide receiver one. But I don't even want to play that game. I'm going to take Michael Pittman here just because he he's as safe of a wide receiver two as you can get. He's got Matt Ryan, a better quarterback than last year. Um, no real threat for his targets and he, he's a PPR monster. He finished as what wide receiver 17 last year, I think 14 yeah. or in that 14 to 17 range. Yeah. I don't see him falling any further than that. No, I, I agree with you. It's it. Uh, I'm partial to Sutton just because of the upside and having him as your wide receiver too. But Pittman is probably as safe of a wide receiver too, that you're going to be able to have this year. In my opinion, he gets an upgraded quarterback too. Um, so it, it's just, it makes sense to take them there, especially when you've got that uh, trio at the running back position. They can pop off. I will. Now I got to prob- make a choice. Yeah, I will probably only decide between Sutton and Judy if somebody has a bullet to my head. Like I, I don't want to make that choice. I want Sutton to fall in my lap if I'm taking him. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I would probably go Sutton, but like you said, it's probably like fifty-two forty-eight. <laughs> Uh, I got a choice here to make, and I know I got to go wide receiver here to really kind of get some depth behind Stefan Diggs. The problem is, is I'd like to go maybe a little bit more boom or bust on a wide receiver two spot. So I'm actually going to go with Marquise Brown of Arizona. First six weeks, you're not going to have DeAndre Hopkins. He's already got the connection with Kyler Murray from college. This is a move he wanted to have happen. Ask for the trade. I think that's going to work out pretty well, honestly, at least for the first six weeks. Then if I have to, I can unload them. After that, we're really looking at some of these a little bit unknown names, more later shots, got some rookies in here mixed in like Drake London, Traylon Burks. But I'm looking at the tight end position and I'm liking what I see so far sitting here at the back of or at the start of the sixth round, I I should say. And it's almost a coin flip between Hawkinson and Dalton Schultz for me. But I think I'm going to go with Dalton Schultz. It's just guaranteed uh, target volume, especially through the first part of the season where Michael Gallup might not even play. James Washington still isn't practicing. It's CD Lamb and Schultz are bust right now. So I'm going to take the safe option there. That's yeah, I've been seeing they went back to back. So Hawk came off the board directly after he took Schultz. I've been seeing that. Pretty much any mock draft we've done so far, they're going right next to each other. And I think they're like the bridge tier of tight ends from that quote unquote elite group to the next wave. I'm really high on Schultz. So I think he can finish as high as tight end three, which he did last year. I mean, he he has the opportunity there. Amari's gone. That's a great pick. So I'm up. 
Um, still haven't taken a quarterback, but in a one QB league, I don't, I honestly don't give a shit who my quarterback is. He's still going to score enough. Um, I have three running backs, two wide receivers, CD and Michael Pittman. No real, like Michael Pittman doesn't offer a whole lot of upside. Um, a lot more downside than upside. I'll say that we're drafting him near his, his, the front end of his value. So I'm going to take some upside here at wide receiver. Mike Williams is somebody who finished as wide receiver 12 last year. Uh, he's, he's got that connection with Jay Herbo. He's the red zone favorite there. I think Keenan Allen's the chain mover and Michael or Mike Evans is the dude who's going to catch six yard bombs. I'll take, I'll take that volatility and understand that I might not be able to start him every week, but he's going to win me some games. No, that was, I was hoping he'd make it back to me. I was surprised um, he fell as far as he did. Yeah. <laughs> so was I. Usually, usually he's gone before half yeah. of the guys in the fifth round. I was looking at the wide receivers on the board, and it was Mike Williams and Brandon Cooks were the two that I really wanted, and both of them went in those two picks, three picks in between me and you. All right, so I'm going to end the sixth round here. I need another receiver. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown does scare me a little bit with Jamison Williams there. I, it's the – he was only really good for about six games last year at the end of the season. Um, Traylon Burks has asthma, so that's also intimidating. <laughs> um, I really like the upside of Adam Thielen. Everybody's always talking about – for the last three years, I've heard he's too old and he's not going to get it done, and then he scores an absurd amount of touchdowns. Um, and I really like him as my wide receiver three, possibly my wide receiver two. He's going to finish higher than where I'm, being, where I'm drafting him, so I think that's an easy pick. Um, now I'm going to look at running back and receiver here or tight end. Tight ends when I knew Schultz wouldn't make it back to me. I do like Goddard, but I don't think that picking Goddard now is going to give me that much more value than picking Mike Gesicki in a few few rounds later, or Gronk if he plays a few rounds later. Um, so I think it's an easy pick, honestly. I'm re I really like Darnell Mooney. He's the number one in that offense. And in OTAs, Justin Fields has been great, apparently, according to beat reporters. So I think that's an easy pick there. Yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't mention Mooney because Mooney's my guy. Uh, I was hoping he'd fall in my lap. He didn't. He's off the board. So now I have a decision to make. It's the seventh round. I have three wide receivers, three running backs, um, both strong trios that I – feel like I can depend on as groups I could add a I could get my friend tight end and Dallas Goddard but I agree with Nick I just think the value discrepancy between now and four rounds later for Cole Komet or somebody isn't isn't that substantial I could grab my starting quarterback which I might do there's Dak and Russell Wilson on the board or I could grab a really strong RB4 and Kareem Hunt and I like that plan because I have JK, I have Aaron Jones, I have Austin Eckler. All three guys have pretty thick injury risks, and so does Kareem Hunt, but um, more depth and more talented depth is necessary at the running back position. I mean, JK is returning from his injury. You don't know if he's really going to even play week one. There really hasn't been much speculation other than he'll start out preseason on the pup list. Um, so yeah, I'm taking Kareem Hunt as a surefire RB4. Yep. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. 
especially with what you have. Like you said, you explained it perfectly. Like it, as much injury risk as everybody has, if you got four of them that have injury risk, two of them are going to start most likely every week. At least you yeah. got that figured out. <laughs> I mean, I'm drafting Kareem Hunt. Probably one of them is going to blow out their knee. But, hey, I got three more. So let's lock and load. Love it. So now this, this is where it's going to get interesting for me. Usually by this point, once I hit round eight, I'm trying to – I kind of throw ADP a little bit more out the window because this is where you need to go and grab your guys. And guys that I love, like Gabe Davis, are here. But I've already got digs, so I don't got to worry about Gabe Davis. I can just let him go to another team. I love Chase Edmonds going this late and being able to grab him as my RB4. There's no one left around him that has the opportunity to get as many carries and targets as he does. He's, I mean, not going to happen for Pollard unless he gets hurt. Singletary is going to have to deal with Cook. And then James Cook is going right behind Edmonds. So I'm going to take Edmonds, really round out my RB core. Don't have to worry about that, most likely for the rest of the draft, unless I want to grab a handcuff somewhere. And then at wide receiver for my number three, I am going to grab Rashad Bateman since he's the new number one in Baltimore. And if he has his down weeks, I don't have to worry too much about it because he's going to be my wide receiver three. I don't have to start him every single week. He's going to get insane. I can target him too. Yeah, exactly. I'm so glad I didn't take Dak or Russell Wilson because they fall right back to me, uh, which is crazy at the back half of the eighth round. There's still Dak, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers on the board. I feel like I have to take a starting quarterback at this point. Um, Nick, you and I are the only teams without a tight end or a quarterback. Yep. And this is the eighth round, which means we're going to have really strong flex pieces and good mm-hmm. depth at running back and wide receiver. But we forfeited that uh, firepower at quarterback or tight end. But I'm going to go ahead and grab my starting QB. I really like Russell Wilson's shots at um, being a top five quarterback this year. He's one of the few guys that has that possibility to be the QB one. I projected him to outscore Patrick Mahomes, which we will talk about in our AFC West breakdown. But I, th- I think he's as solid of a starting wide or quarterback as I can get. Yep. I was going to go Russell Wilson if you went Dak, but sadly, both of them went. I would have <laughs> taken either. Um, so, yeah, I also want to shore up my quarterback position here. Everybody's scared of Aaron Rodgers this year, but honestly, I'm not. He's just the most talented quarterback to ever play the game. He's going to go for 33, 35 touchdowns without a wide receiver one. I'm not too worried. I think that's an easy pick. Um, Yeah, so I can lock and load him. And any any bad matchups or if I see something bad, I can always stream a quarterback. It's not something that I'm in favor of, but it is an option. In a one QB league, you have that liberty to uh, stream. You can play matchups and get 15 points out of uh, someone. Yep. And I'm looking at tight ends. I do like Zach Ertz for about six games this year. Um, I don't know if that's something I really want to rely on. I also look at Gabriel Davis. I'm glad that you let passed on him and uh, handed him to me. So it's really between those two. Um, who I think I could get at tight end when it comes back around to me, maybe Gronk or Cole Komet. Um, I'm not too high on Gesicki this year, Fryermuth and eh, rookie quarterback or Trubisky. You just don't know. I, I think I'm going to go Gabe Davis here, get more wide receiver depth. I've got a lot of good wide receivers on this team. It's like a good, that. good pick. So I'm back up in the ninth round. I only, I have four top 
30 running backs. So I would consider them all top 25, to be honest with you. Don't really need another one. Um, I have three wide receivers, pretty strong trio on CeeDee Lamb, Michael Pittman, Mike Williams. All three have wide receiver two or above capabilities, CD being a, a strong wide receiver one. I don't have a starting tight end. On the board, there's Pat, there's Pat Fryermuth, Mike Kosicki up right now with ADP. And then at wide receiver, I could grab a solid fourth one at, with Robert Woods. But I'm going to do something that I preach with because I don't know if he's going to come back to me. I'm taking Isaiah Spiller. I drafted Austin Eckler at the 1-4. I have to get the handcuff there. Because Ackler, with his injury history, he missed six games in 2020. I need the backup because that's a really valuable backfield. No, I agree. Definitely handcuff your guys. Yeah, and Eckler's one of those guys that I think absolutely needs to be handcuffed. Like, mm-hmm. there, there's guys you can just pass on the handcuff with, but Eckler's one that you have to because Spiller, he steps into that role. He's a top 24 guy easy no matter what. With all the, you, uh, you know a touchdown is going to go to him just about every game. The LA is too high-powered. Yep. Yeah, and he, he like, yeah, he's got weekly flex appeal, too, if you really need somebody in a pinch. So I like it a lot. Now, I have the luxury here because I think, if I'm looking correctly, everybody's got a quarterback at this point. So yes. I don't got to take one. <laughs> I know that there's going to be teams that will draft the second one here, but – I've usually subscribed to the late QB theory where I'm okay taking a double digit round one once I get to a certain point and just streaming the position for the rest of the year. At least still got guys out there like Trey Lance, Derek Carr, Cousins, Tua. I'm okay starting the season with one of those guys and then trying to let it ride after that. So I'm going to look away from there. I already got my tight end. This is where I'm actually going to try and stack up some wide receiver depth and uh, I can take some shots which means that I'm going to get a safer option first with Christian Kirk. I know a lot of people had just so much negativity surrounding Christian Kirk because of the contract, but the fact of the matter is, is he's going to a team to be their number one wide receiver and Trevor Lawrence needs to have a rock solid number one wide receiver. That's going to be Christian Kirk. He's very talented. And I like Doug Peterson going there to really reform that offense. I believe that that offense is actually going to look good this year compared to the dumpster fire that it was last year. And then um, I'm going to take a little bit of a risk and take one of the first rookies that I've taken in these drafts. And I'm going to go with Sky Moore. Hopefully uh, Sky Moore will be able to kind of break out into that offense as maybe even the number two option and just being able to have anything attached to Mahomes in this new look offense, I think is a good shot in the 10th round. Yeah. Yeah. To add to Christian Kirk, LaVisca Chenault had a hundred targets last year as a primary slot receiver there. Kirk's one of the best slots in the game. He, he's a very vertical one, too. I, I do like his odds of being a great fantasy value at what? He's probably like the 40-something wide receiver off the board. He's And this is a guy who finished as a top 25 guy last year. So you're getting good value there. It's back yeah. to me in the 10th round. I still don't have a starting tight end. I'm probably going to address that. I only have three starting or three wide receivers um there's michael gallup christian watson tyler board or wow board boyd at the top of the board um so i'm gonna address my tight end here i'm taking hunter henry he scored nine touchdowns last year i think we can actually depend on that though he was far and away the lead receiver in the red zone for new england 
Uh, we saw Johnny Smith doesn't really impact him that much. Not expecting Devontae Parker or Tyquan Thornton to really affect him either. I think he's pretty much a lone New England Patriot that I would feel comfortable even rostering. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to grab him and understanding that I need to grab another tight end very soon. Yep, you shouldn't have said I'm going to grab another tight end very soon because I was debating going back-to-back tight ends here, uh, wondering if one of these guys would make it back to me. But now I think that you'd take both of them. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to go commit because I think that he has the chance to be the second option in this offense. Um, he didn't score a touchdown last year, but uh, I don't see that happening again. He's a big guy. He was a good receiver in college. Um, and Justin Fields needs another option, a safe option. And then I'm going to go with a guy who was injured for the entire season last year at tight end. Since I'm going late, I feel like drafting two tight ends here is, is beneficial to this squad. Um, I need a little depth, and hopefully one of these guys uh, outperforms this ADB. Um, Irv Smith, he didn't play last year, but he was a freak in college. And I expect with Kevin O'Connell and these four wide receiver sets that he will find more space in the secondary and could be a good receiving option for this team. All that. right, so it's back to me. Gronk went to, ooh, that hurts. Um, <laughs> so if I wanted a second tight end, I could take Albert O. I really don't believe in him a whole lot. So I think I'm just going to say, fuck it. Let's uh, push it off to the side. I forgot to turn off kickers and defenses this time <laughs> around again. Oh, well. Um, so, I again, I still need a fourth wide receiver. And uh, I really want to be a douchebag and take Alexander Madison because I think that's probably a good strategy in an actual league is to steal Dalvin Cook's handcuff. Um, but that also isn't an importance to that fantasy owner because he drafted before me and he took Gronk. So I, I'm not going to play that game. I don't really care about the handcuff. I'm going to take Alan Lazard. He's one of my guys this year. He's Aaron Rodgers' top option this year. Mm-hmm. He scored in eight touchdowns. He was the only receiver to score on 20% of his catches and have 40-plus targets. Last year, I think he's more talented than people want to give him credit. He's a great value here in the 11th round. Yeah, I, and I think he'll be the favorite to lead in touchdowns at the wide receiver position for Green Bay this year. So I like, I mean, 11th round pick, you can't pass up that type of value for someone who could have boom weeks like that in a great offense. Um, so at this point, there's only one guy that I really feel comfortable with going into the season as my starting QB, and I've seen way too many go off the board. So I'm going to go with Tua. I know he's risky. I think that no matter what, that offense is going to produce decent numbers. And if I have to stream another quarterback on a week that he's playing an elite top five defense, I've got no problems with it. I can make up the points elsewhere on my roster. And then – I need to go and look and see what I can grab at some of these other positions. I really think my RB core is fine, so I need to keep stacking at wide receiver just so I can make sure that I get somebody that hits. And I know I took Sky Moore, but I'm also going to take Marquez Valdez-Scantling because I want to make sure that I get one of those two elite options in the Kansas City offense. And I've heard nothing but good things coming out of camp about Marquez Valdez-Scantling connecting well with Patrick Mahomes so far. So I'm getting one of them, no matter what. <laughs> he was handed a lot of money to uh, the most three-year, $30 million contract. My issue with him is at, in the 12th round, it really doesn't matter. He's not that expensive. 
but the guy's never had more than 38 receptions or 73 targets in a year. So I think it's really hard to imagine a world where he all of a sudden is that is even close to Tyreek Hill. He's not even kissing Tyreek's feet um, in that offense. I, I find it very hard to imagine that he's going to produce more than 600 yards. So I'm up. I got, I think this is an easy pick ju- just based off of pure talent running back. I don't have to worry with I handcuffed my top option. Aaron Jones really isn't handcuffable because I missed out on AJ Dillon early on. JK Dobbins is another guy that's really not valuable to handcuff. And I got Kareem who is a handcuff in himself. So I don't need to draft another running back at all. I don't, I don't even need to touch that. Even though Hendo's on the board, that's good value. I think I could use a fifth wide receiver, but again, no name speaks to me right now. I'm going to take Justin Fields. That gives me two quarterbacks paired with Russell Wilson that have top five capabilities and potential. I really like the upside. And if both of them become valuable, that's good trade bait later on in the year. I really like Daryl Henderson there, and I wish he would have made it back to me. I feel like I keep getting sniped <laughs> if, after these two picks. Like, geez, these bots have it out for me. Um, a 1-1 one, one for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I look at the board. There's really not too much value, but this is where you kind of take shots on people. Um, I, I think Jahan Dotson could have a chance to be a great receiver, a uh, compliment to Terry McLaurin this year. Um, I think I'm going to take that pick here. I get two picks in a row, so I'm not too worried. I think that that just adds more depth to my receiver position. Um, great in college. And Carson Wentz, eh, I don't know about Carson Wentz. <laughs> uh, my second pick here is going to be Kenneth Gainwell. Um, I've seen reports this week that they're going to involve Kenneth Gainwell more in the offense this year, and I would love that because I'm ty- I was a Miles Sanders owner uh, two years ago, and he pissed me off every single week. So I'm, I'm all for Kenneth Gainwell being more involved. And if I can get maybe a, a running back um, worth a flex option every week out of him, why not? Yeah. You needed a fourth running back right yeah. there too. I mean, you had a really strong trio and Jonathan Taylor is probably the safest back to roster as your RB one. Um, but yeah, you needed that depth. So it falls back to me and what's better than having just one of your guys, Nick, Having having two of your guys. And that's what I'm going to do right now. I'm taking David Bell. I'm wearing him on my sleeve. I really believe that he's going to leave the Cleveland Browns in targets and receptions. He's a starting slot. If he ran faster than a 4-7-40 on his pro day, he would have been the number one receiver in that class. I love it. And and Bell, even if if Deshaun Watson doesn't start the season or say at the worst, he suspended the entire season. It, it, this offense is going to be better than what it was last year because no offense to Baker, you can't play with a hurt shoulder. And we saw that. So there's expect everyone's not really expecting them to do anything. If Deshaun Watson's not going to be there, I think they're going to take a step up no matter what happens uh, with that situation. I agree. I love that you guys say we're picking my guys at this point, because one of them that I always target with one of these last few picks is Tim Patrick. If I can't get one of either Sutton or Judy, why not take the free Tim Patrick all the way at the 13th round and have a piece of that Russell Wilson led Broncos offense. Never know what's going to happen to the two in front of him. He can always 
find a way to pop off. Now you said we have defenses and kickers. You want us to take those for the last two picks or just abandon I, it? I'm not going to, but if you want to address it, go ahead. I'm not going to address it because I could care less about it. And then I'm going to take one of my favorite rookies out of the draft this year, where in terms of landing spot, Alex Pierce, he has already gotten great reviews out of camp. He's actually been the main red zone target so far for Matt Ryan. And I think that that's a position of need for this team that really didn't have a good red zone threat last year. Yeah, I, I, I like his fit there. He's the, as strong of a wide receiver, too, as you can get. Um, being a rookie stepping into that, that spot in the offense, I'm back up. I already have two quarterbacks. Don't got to worry about that. I really want a backup tight end. Um, I have two more picks here. I'm definitely going to spend one on a backup tight end. Now, what do I do with the other one? I think I'm going to keep on stacking wide receivers and get good value because I, again, I have CD and Michael Pittman. They're pretty sure fire, but Mike Williams, we don't, he was handed the money, but we just don't know if he's going to back up last year's results. Never know if Alan Lazard or David Bell are going to pan out. So I'm taking Jamison Crowders and this is just an easy pick for me. He's so valuable in that slot position at Buffalo Cole Beasley came into Buffalo with zero 100 target seasons. He was three for three in his time there with the Bills. I th- and Jameson Crowder is a higher pedigree slot receiver than Beasley. Um, I think it's easy at wide receiver 65-ish. He, he's the best guy you can find. I love that. Yeah. Um, so it comes back to me. My last two picks of this draft are up. I went tight end, tight end earlier. I have two guys that I think I can trust. Um, that I got in late rounds, but I am looking at the tight end position. I do like Gerald Everett this year, um, high powered offense. Uh, they went and got him. So I think that he could have an involved role. You don't want me to take him? No, no. <laughs> He's supposed to fall back to me. I uh, I'll let it happen. I took, <laughs> I took Cole Komet. I know he's one of your guys too. I'll let it happen. Cause there are a couple guys on the board that I like. Um, so I'm going to scroll really far down here in the wide receiver position, and I'm going to reach for Sammy Watkins. Uh, reach is a bad term for that, considering he was going to be uh, on waivers in the week one of this league. But I think Sammy Watkins has a chance to be a 20% target share guy in Green Bay. Um, he, he's known for having a great week one, so at least I know I'll get one good week out of him. Um, trade, trade bait. Yeah. Trade bait, exactly. He's pretty much free to. Yeah, like I could, I didn't even need to draft him. And so, Colin, I said I wasn't going to, but I'm going to. Dad, <laughs> douchebag. <laughs> yeah, Ger- Gerald Everett, I think, is like as good of a backup tight end as you can get this year. Last year, Jared Cook had 83 targets in that Chargers offense. They're all vacated. He's gone. There's Don- Donald Parham, but they paid Gerald Everett to be the starting tight end. I think he's going to see a lot of, lot of work this year. So I'm up. I said I would take a backup tight end considering I only have Hunter Henry. And, oh, this is <laughs> kind of hot trash. So I'm, I got Robert Tanyan, Hayden Hurst, Evan Ingram. Um, not touching Ingram just because he's got Dan Arnold to split that receiving work with. I'm going to – okay, so I if I was being reasonable, I would take Hayden Hurst because – I think he's good for a touchdown every other week in that high-powered Cincinnati offense. And same reason could be said about Robert Tanyan. 
But I'm going down and taking Austin Hooper just yep. because you don't know what the Tennessee Titans are going to show on offense. They have a completely new receiving core. He's one of the big pieces they got over the offseason. I think if he establishes a good connection early on with Tannehill, he's going to be a solid tight end. I think you can make a case for a couple guys that were uh, a couple tight ends on the board there. I think Tonyan vacated targets. He's going to be more involved. Uh, Logan Thomas, um, Carson Wentz supported Zach Ertz for uh, multiple seasons in his time in Philly. Um, he's a little older, Thomas, and he's injury prone. He missed uh, the majority of the season last year. Or even but... Jordan would have been my flyer pick there if I were to completely yeah. go balls deep. Man, you, you guys just love the same late round tight ends that I do. Everett, Hooper, Brevin Jordan. <laughs> like these are all guys that I love to try and get at the end of the draft. So I think you guys made fantastic picks there. I am going to stay away from tight end because I don't see myself wanting to sit any of these guys for Dalton Schultz on any given week. And I just, I love my late round wide receivers and I can showcase it here since we have the chance. I'm going to go for KJ Osborne. I think that people forget how good KJ Osborne was at times last year. And while I still think Thielen is going to produce this year and be fine, there's always that chance that he misses more time. And when he was it, when Osborne was able to step in for him in that number two role, he produced multiple times last year for fantasy. So he's only going to keep getting better. Third year wide receiver. I love his upside. Ryan has one, two, nine receivers, nine wide receivers. Yeah, wow. <laughs> one, of them, one of them is due to be that That's strong slow. wide yeah. receiver too. Shotgun approach, gentlemen. Yep. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm all for it. It's a unique strategy um, and you have strong running backs. So we will see if it pays off. And that's the beauty about these mock drafts. You can really do whatever you want. Yeah, that, that, that was my approach. Normally nine receivers is not my, uh, not my <laughs> go-to option, but that number 12 spot is something I've not loved this year. And this you kind of try something. You gotta solidifies try something. my, my fear of, I want to stay away from it at this point. <laughs> So that completes our mock draft, uh, 12-team PPR. Again, we're going to vary it up. The more frequent we do these, we're going to adjust, you know, PPR, half PPR, standard, 12-14 team, that, those sort of parameters. Um, you guys got anything to add? Not off the top of my head, no. I think it was a good mock draft. Yeah. I think well, everybody had – probably we, we would probably have top three teams and that's not to like just be braggadocious about it but I don't think there's really many holes on either of the, on yeah. any of the rosters that we all drafted I, I did have a question when you went Russell Wilson there were you even slightly tempted to take Dak just to get the CD Lamb stack there or no no um I don't really like stacking QB wide receiver that would be a an attractive stack but in one QB you're performing too volatile with too much volatility. I feel like if it was best ball, absolutely. Because you get, you get those spike weeks, but if it's just a bad matchup with Dallas, you know, they hit Darius Slay in Philadelphia twice a year. I I'm going to stay away from that. And I think Russell Wilson has more upside, um, but I really didn't think of it from that angle. So that's a good question. I completely agree with you, by the way, I was just curious if that had crossed your mind or not. Not really, but again, my, my thought process still holds. Like I, I don't like stacking QB receiver um, if it comes at a high cost just because 
you know, you're really looking at some volatile performances. Just gathering data for uh, that affordable QB wide receiver stack article I'm going to put out later. <laughs> so we did have a newsletter just released while we were airing this. It, it was scheduled to send out at 11. Um, again, I highly really would like to get as many subscribers as we can on that. We have good free writing content. Visit www.wagneyfantasy.com and subscribe with your email. It's free. Trust me, it's not a scam. Um, we just love producing content and we want as many eyeballs on it. And that's going to wrap up Mock Draft Monday. Uh, thanks, gentlemen, for joining us. Follow us on TikTok and Twitter at Wagney Fantasy. Nick, how's the TikTok looking? I figured out how to make TikToks. I'm now a 12-year-old girl. Um, but yeah, I'm learning. They're not too bad. Audio seems fine. So yeah, go check it out at Wagme Fantasy on TikTok. Yeah, I love to hear that. Um, and listen to our podcast, share this around YouTube, Spotify, whatever, with your grandma, with your mom, aunt, uncle. Get them all listening before their fantasy season comes up. All right. All right, guys, we're wrapping this up. Thanks for joining me, gentlemen. Uh, we will see you next time.